Thank you for joining us today for Wandering in the Word, where we read and discuss the upcoming week's lectionary texts at First Lutheran Church in Minot, North Dakota. everybody, this is Wandering the Word for Sunday, February 12th. Hooray! Yay! Almost Valentine's Day! Well, that's true. And uh, I was gone in worship last Sunday, and you get to be on vacation this Sunday, so we are just kind of tag-teaming Gearing up for Lent. (laughs) We got lots going on. It's a a fruitful time. It is good. And um, yeah, the cool thing is, though, we're carrying on kind of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, as it is called in Matthew, continuing it on, and he gets a bit more, um, I don't know, should we say feisty in this one? A bit more graphic, maybe, (laughs) uh, in some ways. Um, It it can be a bit challenging, so why don't we dive in, because that sounds (laughs) fun. That sounds wonderful. (laughs) Okay, our gospel reading for this coming Sunday is Matthew chapter 5, verses 21 to 37. Jesus said, You have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, You shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that if you are angry with a brother or sister, you will be liable to judgment. And if you insult a brother or sister, you will be liable to the council. And if you say, You fool, you will be liable to the hell of fire. So, when you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother or sister, and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are on the way to the court with him, or your accuser may hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard, and you will be thrown into prison." Truly I tell you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to go into hell. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that anyone who divorces his wife, except on the ground of unchastity, causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, You shall not swear falsely, but carry out the vows you have made to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let your word be yes, yes, or no, no. Anything more than this comes from the evil one. The gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. Christ. Well, we're not pulling any punches here today. No. Blessed are the peacemakers (laughs) and the meek. (laughs) Um, Yeah, what do we make of these? This is like hard. Yeah, this is um, really, instead of, you know, we, we think, oh, Jesus came... Uh, you know, to usher in this sort of realm of grace where, like, the law is no more. And Jesus is taking all these 
Old Testament laws <clears throat> that the people have lived by for generations, and is saying, um, "You you have heard that, yeah, but I'm gonna I'm gonna do you one better here," and intensifying everything and making it just just absolutely impossible. Like yeah, to to insult a brother or sister or to say you fool. Yeah. All like all of us have said worse than that to the person who cuts <laughs> yeah. us off in traffic or um yeah. you know what, it whatever nice. it's yeah you fool that would be kind by many standards. <laughs> and yet uh you will be liable to the hell of fire. So um <clears throat> many people may not realize that in verse 23 there when uh, Jesus says, when you're offering your gift at the altar, if you uh, have some kind of relational tensions or conflict happening, leave your gift there before the altar and go first be reconciled to your brother or sister and then come and offer your gift. And that plays out liturgically in our worship services, like week in and week out every Sunday. um, We honor that command by what we what we call sharing the peace, but it really was intended, at least originally, as, as a time to be reconcile to people that you might be in a disagreement with or you know one of you is wrong to the other before you approach you know the table before you offer your offerings that's really important yeah and it kind of a lot of this is you know kind of geared more towards like how we how we treat each other in, in some ways because like in that particular one you know it's it's like yes you know you go to the altar and ask for forgiveness but you and God will give forgiveness, I guess, but like... I guess. I guess. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Maybe. God gives forgiveness, but like you, you, that doesn't negate the fact that you still need to reconcile with whoever you, know, you maybe have wronged or are having struggles with, um, you know, to a certain degree, to the, the point that is healthy and safe and, and all of those kinds of things, <clears> of course. But um, yeah, I mean, Jesus is kind of like, rather than easing the law in some ways he's making it yeah impossible you know if your hand causes you to sin cut it off (laughs) (laughs) i know you start envisioning this like pile of (laughs) body parts like oh that person had a problem with their eye (laughs) yeah (laughs) their hand pluck it out like whatever yeah i mean especially because as we understand it a lot of sin for us originates in our brain you just can't uh you just can't kind of dissect the sin out of a human body. It's it's part of it's kind of who we are and, yeah. and what we do, unfortunately. So it's if it were that simple, maybe we could sort of rid ourselves of sin easily. And as it is, we we are in bondage to sin and cannot free ourselves. As we, yes, as we say. Um, so it's, but it does it does make a statement. It does. It really kind of drives that point home. <clears throat> it doesn't make you think a little bit there. Um, uh, uh, yeah. What are, and I feel like we got to talk a little bit about divorce. Too, yeah. Because um, for so many people in our families, in our communities, in our congregations, divorce has been a really painful part of their story. And so to read these words from Jesus or to have these read during worship, I, I get this. I have a sense like could really just be twisting the knife for some people. And I, you know, what, what, what would you... I mean, want people to know. I mean, yeah, this it does. You, know, you hear that word divorce, and for anyone who, as, as I have, or others, you know, many others in our congregation who have, have gone through that, it, it, it is kind of like a, you know, you kind of hold. On, I know that word, um, yes. and unfortunately, you know, the church has um, oftentimes had this kind of stance, like, well, if you're if you're a divorce, then you have like a scarlet letter, or you've done mm-hmm. something wrong, or 
whatever the case may be. And so then the church, unfortunately, becomes a, it doesn't feel like a safe place for people to bring that, that hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I think we can, you know, look back at this and in some ways Jesus is, uh, I, I've heard of it. I think this is the text that kind of talks a bit about, you know, it was saying, well, guys, you can't just have a certificate of divorce and just be done with your wife because, right. you know, she burnt the pancakes or whatever. Like that's, it, it was, it was a creating more of a safety net for the female in the marriage. Um, but that doesn't quite soften it enough. I think mm. here, um, for me, I think in, in one way, I mean, like all of these things, you know, kind of point us to our need for grace. Like yeah. that we can't do this. Like it, but I think we can kind of set this text aside a little bit and go, you know, it's not just specifically divorce. Like, although that's the word that kind of comes out to us. <laughs> yeah. Or insulting people. I mean, I insulting think we, people. We do that daily. You know, you know, I mean, yeah, this is part of all of this stuff, you know, whether it's divorce or just kind of broken relationships of any kind. I mean, we all experience that. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, two weeks ago, we were looking at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount and it was the Beatitudes. And I remember I I got to do the sermon on that and, and was reflecting on how this is what this is what the kingdom of heaven looks like. This is what uh, the world looks like when when God's will is done, that blessing's not sort of exclusive to, you know, one group or another, it, it extends to all. And I think um, this, this perhaps too is pointing us to what the reign of God could look like um, one day when um, all of these things that hurt and divide that are not God's will for us um, are going to be sort of banished from yeah. among us. I mean, I hope, and I think that... Um, you know, you talk about the importance of grace, that while we're living in this in-between time of, of Jesus dying and being resurrected and ascending to the day when Jesus comes back, we have this long period of, of not yet, when God's will is not yet fully done. And um, kingdom of heaven is still something sort of breaking in and, and being previewed on earth, but not fully here. And, you know, we, we are experiencing salvation in many ways, but not in every way. Yeah. Well, I, I think, too, like, back to the, the Beatitudes, blessed are those who mourn. Yeah. Blessed are those who are weeping. Like, anybody I've known, anybody I know who has gone through a divorce has had a lot of mourning and a lot of weeping. Yeah. And so, like, that blessing still <laughs> right. is extended to them in the midst of that despair um, and that pain and that suffering. And so... That's a good point. Yes. It is helpful to to look at how this um, gospel is put together and, the, and these... Um, chapters that are put together as one sermon are introduced with that passage reminding us that blessed are as you were mentioning earlier the peacemakers and the meek and um that this kind of falls under that yeah i think it's still there it's kind of the thesis and this wasn't like one this was i mean almost for certainly not one long sermon that he just sat down and somebody wrote down verbatim these are kind of a lot of his favorite or like people's sayings that kind of stuck and they just kept putting them together um, it, it, um, I mean, you don't see it the way we print it in the bulletin. I'm not sure how it's printed in, you know, various uh, scriptural translations, but you do get the idea that these are kind of bullet pointed. Yeah. Um, you know, there's not like a transition from here, from here to there. It was just like you've heard it said, and it was also said, and again you've heard it said that it's just, um, it's like a list kind of. It is kind of a list, yeah. You know, and in, and taken in that. Context and like so, he has this thing about divorce that would have sounded really radical to like 
pretty much most of the women of the time. Like, it yeah. would have been like, wow, this is actually kind of freeing, mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> but we don't kind of necessarily get all that kind of nuance in there. And I, I had to kind of laugh, too, because in verse um, 27, you know, you shall not, uh, or no, 28, everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery in his heart. Well, I guess women are off the <laughs> off the hook then, you yep. know? <laughs> Feast your eyes, ladies. Yeah, you don't have to worry about it. Um, mm -hmm. But... Uh, it's context and the time, <laughs> right. the, the time, and all that kind of thing. But um, well, this is yeah. These are some interesting words. We we also have a New Testament reading we can jump into. Do you want to read that? Yes, one? I suppose we should move along. So this is from First Corinthians chapter three. It's verses one through nine. And so, brothers and sisters, I could not speak to you as spiritual people, but rather as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for solid food. Even now you are still not ready, for you are still of the flesh. For as long as there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving according to human inclinations? For when one says, I belong to Paul, and another, I belong to Apollos, are you not merely human? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. The one who plants and the one who waters have a common purpose, and each will receive wages according to the labor of each. For we are God's servants, working together. You are God's field, God's building. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well... We seem to be, um, you know, kind of getting a, getting an earful of Paul chastising this community. Yeah. We're calling them a big bunch of babies who can't seem to pull themselves together and live according to, yeah. you know, the way of Christ that he's been trying to teach them. He's just like, ugh. Yeah. You are not ready for solid food, little ones. You're, <laughs> you've got some learning to do. Um, yeah, so, I mean, they seem to be kind of having some arguments over Paul and Apollos. I cannot off the top of my head remember a lot about Apollos. Um, yeah, and, and we've been following through 1 Corinthians now in our New Testament readings, and <clears throat> this is like, you know, well, I was baptized by so-and-so, yes. I was baptized by so-and-so. And it's like you were all baptized into Christ. It's not really who was doing the baptizing, but who was working through that rite and that sacrament. And, you know, we got to focus not so much on our human status, <laughs> but keep yeah. Christ at the center. Yeah, which is, you know, in some ways it is kind of reassuring that, like, the church 2,000 years later is having the same struggles that the very first church had, you know, like, of um, get, losing focus in some ways is kind of what it is, um, arguing over whatever. <laughs> yeah, right, being distracted by very, very human Very human, concerns. fleshy things, as Paul fleshy describes things. it. Um, yeah, I could not speak to you as spiritual people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh, okay. Yes. Um, but I do like, uh, I mean, I, I will say when he started talking about like the plants and the growing and the watering, I was like, oh, spring. Can't <laughs> it's, wait. It's so close. It's, so it's close. almost 40 degrees today. Can't wait to plant some sunflowers. But mm -hmm. um, but I do like the line, and I think this is our the Episcopal Church in North Dakota, as their like mission statement has um verse 6, or part of verse 6, um, is, or maybe it's verse 7, but either way, it's that God gives the growth. Mm -hmm. God gave the growth. And in some ways, that is very, like, 
kind of Lutheran way of understanding. Like, you know, right. we believe it is the Holy Spirit's work in and through us that helps our faith grow and helps us bear fruit and that we do none of that on our own, but it is all God's, it is all God who is doing the work. And um, so I, I, I like that part. Mm. And that there's a, there's a way to, you know, join God in that work, to participate in what God is doing by helping to nurture, by being the one who waters, by, you know, supporting our community as we grow together in faith. Yeah. Um, but yes, to always keep in mind that there's nothing we can do to, to grow a plant. I mean, yeah, there, there's studies like you can talk to your plant, like there's different chemicals yeah. you can put on your plant. Um, at the end of the day, like we're pretty powerless over that whole situation. Um, because we don't, who knows? We put I a know. seed in the dirt. And hope for the best. It still is a magical process. A, I don't care how si- um, sciencey we are, like you know, and it is kind of weird that you you take stuff that was dead, your compost, and you put it in, and the plant generally likes it, and it grows, and um, yeah, is you you do watering. I mean, you can do some mm-hmm. things to help, but in the end, like there's nothing you can do to make that seed be something it's not. Yeah. And also, you can't like really do much for the seed. It it just has to do its thing. Um, I like the very end. It's kind of made me chuckle a little bit because it says, we are God's servants working together. You are God's field, God's building. <laughs> like, we like, have a new analogy. Like we're servants, we're, we're a field and we're a building. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which one is it? I guess it's all of it. Pick the one you like. Um, but I had to laugh because just this morning we were talking about planting things. Um, we were looking at, they called it a sunflower fort. And you, it's like you plant the sunflowers in a big circle with a little door, and then you kind of have the like a fence for them to grow up. And then at the, you know you plant them in the spring, and then by summertime you have a sunflower building, like a fort that's kind of with a, with a inside middle available for you to go sit in. And Don't tell read. my kids that. They will be We're totally for doing that this year. Okay, I'm just gonna send my kids to your house. Okay, send them over. They can come read in the the sunflower fort. But that, then we're both a field and a building. Of sorts. I don't know about the servant part. I guess you can. Yeah, yeah. Working together. Serve tea, but um. But anyway, I I mean, it, uh, yeah. The bottom line of that is, you know, it's God's work that mm-hmm. does the growth, and I do find that comforting most days. I, I need a reminder of that because I want to like right. do all of the things and make all of the things happen, and then. And we think we have to control everything. Control everything and take all the guilt when things don't go quite according to my plan. But then take some credit when things are going well. Of course, really yeah. Like if that. things are going well, then it's like, you know, I'm Apollos or Paul yeah. or... <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it is, I mean, you know, and, and with, like with seeds, you never quite know what's going on under the surface. You mm-hmm. don't know what roots are going and what's, what seeds are planted and um, what God is up to. So, but, well... That was a lot of things, from growing things to cutting off our hands to and plucking oh out our eyes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> the whole We've covered a lot of ground today. And divorce. I mean, <laughs> what more could we want? It's all yeah, the, we've checked every box. All the fun topics. Well, um, any uh, closing thoughts on our Oh, text? no, I'm done. You're done. It's okay. Done thinking for today. Done? That's, a, that's good. Well, hopefully everyone else had some uh, thinking and some... Uh, uh, got to get something out of the scripture readings today. We're glad that you all could join us for our Wandering in the Word for Sunday, February 12th, 2023. For Pastor Brandy and myself, we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us today for another Wandering in the Word podcast here at First Lutheran Church in Minot, North Dakota. 